Uh, so the question is, what games are we going to talk about? Because what is this boxes? <laughs> Joel, you can't be opening boxes and closing boxes and constantly move. There's like 25 DVDs aimed right at your head. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> Be careful. There are 25 DVDs in right in your head. Oh, no. You gotta ask yourself, do you feel lucky, punk? Oh no, they'll clatter about. <laughs> and then uh, your head will really talk- hurt. What do you mean, what games we talk about? All the games you like. Okay, but we need focused discussion here. Alright, here's what we're gonna focus on. Internets. I appeal to you. Whatever, we'll just talk about Resident Evil. Silent Hill. The time we were playing Eternal Darkness and Andrew screamed like a girl. (laughs) Or the the time I was playing uh, Resident Evil 2 and in the very beginning when you're walking down that hallway with the window and the zombie's arms punch through and grab you and I screamed god damn it at the top of my lungs and dropped the controller. (laughs) And then your mom came and spanked the shit out of you. She didn't spank me but my dad was around. (laughs) And he looked at you very disapprovingly. Right, we're wasting good podcasts. All right. It's okay, it's recording. Just like every other podcast, this one starts in the middle. <laughs> We're like a tryst from Shanty. Okay. Hello, Internets. Today is podcast for November 1st. My name is David Riley. With me is Joel White, dressed up in the finest costume in the land, which is Booberry, the much maligned and often forgotten third of the triumvirate of... Wait, fourth? Well, there were like a whole bunch of monster cereals when we were kids. Oh, yeah. With Halloween themes like uh, Count Chocula, uh, Frankenberry, uh, what was it, Yummy Mummy? I don't know. Anyway, Booberry was one of them. And he was, it was just like, it was like Frankenberry, but blue and a ghost. Yeah. So I guess, I don't know why it wasn't more popular, because it uh, it was just like Frankenberry, except without the homosexual overtones of a, a pink Frankenstein. A pink Frankenstein. God, when I was a kid, I used to be all about all those cereals because I was a kid and I was stupid and I didn't realize that it was all a sham and they were all pretty much the same. And they were all freaking poisonous. Yeah. And not only that, but you had to pay like $6 to eat the poison. <laughs> I, You know, it's true. I realized the other day, and this, this being our Halloween show. Speaking of poison, if you should be so inclined and if it's still seasonally available... Perhaps uh, at a heavily discounted price now that it's post-Halloween. <laughs> you can't really go wrong with a Jones Soda Co. candy corn flavor. Actually, you can go wrong. Limited edition. You can delicious. go wrong because... It's, it's limitedly delicious. You know those scenes from Alien there where they're dripping blood? <laughs> and it's acid blood and it's green? And it, yeah. And this soda looks and tastes just like that. And probably does the same thing to your digestive system. But anyway, going back... My esophagus is burning. ...to Frankenberry. The other day, I realized that I think I prefer plain Cheerios to sweetened cereal all of a sudden. I do. I... And when I realized this, I think I passed out on the floor. And then the camera swung above me, and there were Cheerios everywhere, and I was <laughs> sprawled out. The dramatic music swung. And then it out. did, like, the dun-dun-dun-dun onto my face as I realized I'm an adult. <laughs> yeah. Where were those days? I used to be able to eat, like... A whole box of Lucky Charms in one sitting. I'd wait for my, you know, when I was sick, like at home or something. Yeah. I'd wait for my parents to go to work, and then I'd like run downstairs and get the biggest bowl in the house. <laughs> <laughs> I never got to stay home for anything but vomit. 
So it's not like whenever I got to stay home, I could take advantage of any, like, food discretion. Vomit wouldn't stop me. I'd be like, I'm so sick. <laughs> but this Frankenberry is so good. <laughs> it's, as long as I didn't throw up in the bowl. Yeah. I think I think the, the cherry pie incident turned me off. For, uh... <laughs> the problem is, you know, if you get a bowl of cereal that big... You're going to use like three quarters of a gallon of milk. But then at the end of it, you've only drank like a quarter of a gallon of the milk while eating the cereal. And then it's, it's all that super disgusting. Satu- yeah, super saturated with that like cinnamon toast crunch syrup. And it, like you're, you'll be lucky if it doesn't have the like leavings of the cereal encrusted on the bottom of the bowl. Oh, at that this is point. so gross. I used to, re- all the time, I was so addicted to sugar when I was a kid. I don't know why, but I would take. You know, cornflakes or whatever, any kind of dump it on. Dump, yeah, like four or five tablespoons of sugar. So much that I couldn't stir it into the milk. I would uh, pour enough. I would always eat grape nuts. Oh, grape nuts and sugar were the jam. But I would, I would like make a bowl of grape nuts, and it was about I don't know, maybe two parts grape nut to one part sugar. And, like, the grape nuts would literally, like, grind in the bowl. Yeah. But not because, like, even after they were fully saturated, it's not like, it's like a improvised rock tumbling device, well, except gra- the only thing that was getting ground down were my teeth. Yeah, well, grape nuts were, like, the original fiber cereal. And now Jerry eats this stuff that's called Good Friends from uh, Kashi. And Kashi is, like, Kashi is already pretty fibery. But this stuff is, like... 85% of your daily fun. Nothing makes like me want to take a rock. A, nothing makes me want to take a dump like my best friends. The other disturbing thing about that cereal is that it's called Good Friends. Am I eating my good friends? Is it some kind of weird like soil greens health food empire? <laughs> oh. Spooky. Halloween episode. Spooky. Yeah, I know. Aliens and Charlton has I love it how the scariest thing we've talked about so it's far cereal. is tooth decay. <laughs> They're like some kind of lame-ass after-school special. Killer. Like Human Crossing. Just like Human Crossing. All right. Well, tonight, for real, we are talking about video games that scared the poop out of us, which is not hard. Uh, Big al- sissy girls. Allow me to detail a story for you, or rather a combination of stories with one focal point. Uh, a couple years back, when I moved into my first apartment, it so happened to be... <laughs> Very adjacent to a bar. Very adjacent? Well, it wasn't <laughs> entirely adjacent. It was just like... It was close by. A bar staffed almost entirely by people I'd worked with at another bar. And so, drinks were cheap, if costly at all. So, there was many, like, a Saturday night where I would go out, get very drunk, and then come home, you know, three or four in the morning after being convinced to go to another bar... And I just sit there and I turn on the sci-fi channel and there's this show, In Search Of, where they talk about the dumbest crap. Like, I don't know, werewolves working for the government or, <laughs> you know. Dude, the, that's true. The haunted Smith & Weston ghost My house. dad is a werewolf government agent. Well, anyway, I'm He's very, fighting the vampires. I'm. <laughs> okay. Your dad's pretty cool. The vampires who ride unicorns. No, I hate you. Exactly. Anyway, I'm pretty. I'm a pretty impressionable guy, but under the influence, I am significantly more impressionable. So after an hour run of this show, or if they were running a marathon, I'd sit up and watch it for like four hours. Uh, I'd go to bed and be too scared to go into the bedroom. <laughs> like 
I'm I'm really revealing a sensitive side of myself here when I say that I was afraid to stand on the floor because that's how the ghosts will get you. <laughs> I do the same stupid crap all the time, except w- when I'm not drunk. I would like wedge myself against the door frame and try and like jump into the bed. But you were drunk. Like at least you had that excuse. I do that kind of crap when I'm 100% sober. Like I've my like I hold on to specific images and they just seem to recall themselves at the very worst times. <laughs> like I work for a realtor, so I'm in a lot of empty houses, and it always so happens, or it always happens that when I'm in one of these empty houses, I start thinking about, remember that scene from Dawn of the Dead where the little girl bites out the guy's throat, and then she gets thrown down the hallway and comes (laughs) running back at him? Okay, so now I'm thinking about a little girl without a face (laughs) running up behind me. So I'm constantly, like, walking around these houses, like, pulling 360s all the time, like, hitting all the light switches as fast (laughs) as possible. Like... Having to really focus on getting my job done <laughs> and not running away that, like a little girl. That happens to me a lot at work. Um, working for a university's ISC department, which is, you know, the internet. We make the internet for use. Uh, <laughs> I, I go into a lot of kind of dank basements like steam tunnels and stuff that they've converted into wiring closets for networking. And some of those places are scary as hell. But... <laughs> It reminds me of a story. Um, our friend JL used to work for his dad doing contracting work in abandoned houses. His dad would refurbish them. And he goes down into a basement, and there's this heavy steel door, which is like, what is that doing in a basement first off? That's like automatic trouble. You know there's the ghost of 10,000 years of steel down there, and you know, you use the key of Sauron to open it. <laughs> That's just bad news. But, yeah, so he opens the door, and the only thing in the room is a rocking chair and, like, a broken doll sitting on the chair. And I was like, <laughs> that's what I'd be like, thanks for the, the summer work, Dad. I got to go. We've got to burn this house down Cleanse now. my eyes. <laughs> but, yeah, the same things would happen to me. So in the basement of the library, I mean, libraries are already kind of weird places anyway. Yeah, because they've got scary books in them. <laughs> yeah, my greatest fear. <laughs> this basement, it's like... Covered in machinery, you know, because that's where the elevator equipment is and stuff like that. None of the lights work, and there's leaks everywhere. So I'm walking down this hallway, and I turn, and, like, where I have to go is down another hallway. And all the lights are out, except for you can see light spilling in from the room next door, like, into the hallway. Wherein, like, where you can see of the hallway is this pool of water, and in the middle of the pool is this rusted-out folding chair. And I was like, this is the scariest thing I've ever seen. It looked just like the DVD cover to uh, Session 9. Oh, wow. And I about peed my pants. <laughs> but usually at work, I'm more afraid of a hobo stabbing me in the kidneys <laughs> than ghosts. Got the pillow strapped But to now that back. we've talked about it, now I'm, uh, I'm going to be afraid of ghosts. That's like and em- hobo ghosts wielding knives. Sometimes, you know, we'll be watching TV and I don't know. Some movie will be on or remind me of some urban legend like the killer's upstairs. He's calling from the upstairs extension. Get out of the house. And I'll go on to these urban legend websites and just sit there reading them for like an hour, an hour and a half. And I'll be like, oh, great. Now I got to go to bed. <laughs> and that's I'm- when I wake up and my roommate was dead all night and the serial killer was eating him. <laughs> Aren't you glad you didn't turn on the lights? I'm so stu- I'm really dumb about this because I take consolation in the littlest things. Like when I was younger, I would use my cat 
as like a ward against the evil spirits because I'm like cats are hypersensitive. If anything bad's gonna happen, the cat will know and it'll warn me somehow. Even though like you like hugging into your chest, you know cats are always freaking out anyway. So it's a terrible idea. But now you know I've graduated to Kathy, who's about as much protection as a cat. In any situation where harm might come. Oh, that is brilliant. But, you know, it's like the stupid situation. You know, you got the 260-pound husband hiding behind his 120-pound wife. <laughs> Makes like, sense to me. Like the fat guy behind the potted plant. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> exactly. can see me. But anyway, this is all an enormous segue and emasculation <laughs> leading into it's me cool. and Dave talking about scary video games. Anyway, uh, I kind of figured on Wednesday being our extras day regardless of the topic because you know how much do we usually have to say about video games anyway so we should we should talk a lot about video games yeah i know but then they stopped coming out <laughs> this is true they ran out of video games so, all the ideas were already made <laughs> they were like all right well shut down the plant we had a good run Excellent. Okay, so the most defining scary moment in a video game for me, or defining reaction to a scary moment, has to be the game Eternal Darkness. Now, if you haven't played it, I'm sorry to spoil this for you, because it is a pretty shocking scare. And we're not doing that bleep thing anymore, because it was funny once and never again. Well, anyway, you, you go into the bathroom... And the whole game, the little push B to check this item has been showing up push at the bottom B, of the B screen. Push B, B button. So you walk over to the bathtub and you push B and all of a sudden like there's a woman scream and it flashes a picture of your character in the bathtub and the bathtub's filled with blood and you're dead. And listen, that's pretty scary. But what ameliorated the situation was uh, our good friend, now, uh, whatever, our good friend Andrew, who... Screamed like a little girl. <laughs> not, <laughs> not even like like the least masculine scream. It was like a... It was ah! like, or like an E. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when uh, confronted with this information, his reply was, My mouth was open. <laughs> and I think that's got to be about the best... <laughs> That's your explanation for screaming like a little girl? My mouth was open. My mouth I, was open. My mouth wasn't closed, if so I could formulate closed, a more... I stop myself. Man. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, like, what would you say to like, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> like, that would have been better than... <laughs> oh, man. Oh, no, I feel bad that people are going to have to listen to, like... 15 seconds of us laughing. It's coming Edited. back. Edit it. No. Oh, For that's posterity. so dumb. Okay, but... Yeah, Eternal Darkness was really good about that, though. Eternal Darkness had some uh, pretty cool I think we've already talked about that, though. Haven't we? Uh, only, I feel like Eternal Darkness very, is one we come back to a very lot. Very briefly because of Call of Cthulhu. And talking about how Eternal Darkness was a better Lovecraft game than the actual Lovecraft game. <laughs> yes. Which is sad. What was that guy's name? Mr. Poppinbottom? <laughs> yeah. Rembrandt Q, Q. Poppin stuff. <laughs> I say. Oh, man. How can you disrespect this game? That was a flame war. We should have kept going. We need to Cold relight that back Cold by mankind <laughs> in the darkest recesses of the universe. 
I just like to point out that right now David Riley's on the verge of drinking more candy corn soda, Shall which is we? disgusting. It's scarier than eternal darkness. He's probably planting a thousand alien eggs in his gut as we speak. It's okay though; only like one in a hundred of them hatches. <laughs> Very high mortality rate on alien eggs. All right, the defining moment for me in scary video games. All right, now this is limited because most of my scary scary video game experience is vicarious through Dave. Because I'm such a sissy, I won't even play these kind of games. But uh, the moment that uh, really freaked me out was I was playing Resident Evil 2. And I think this got a lot of people. Unless, you know, you're trying to be a man about it. Oh, I didn't yeah, scream. Yeah, if you think you're cool, this is not the podcast to listen to. You have to know you're not cool and have no illusions about ever being cool. <laughs> this is true. But yeah, in Resident Evil 2, right near the beginning of the game, when you're... When you first enter the police station and you run along that hallway where the windows are all boarded up and the zombie hands pop through and grab you, that scared the crap out of me. Actually, the messed up part I about wish that, that wasn't literal. Is that it? Uh, <laughs> is that it? Doesn't happen the first time you go by. Yeah, it's like the. Se- it's just it, like it, the- it happens the second time you go by the window. It's like that mirror when you pick up the rook piece in the interrogation room. Yeah, and nothing happens. You walk by the first time, you're like, wow, that giant-ass mirror, something spooky's gonna happen. And then you like, you go and you pick up this piece, and by this time, you know, Resident Evil has already burned you on this, and you're like, I don't want to walk by the <laughs> mirror. <laughs> oh. And you just kind of like weep to yourself as you walk by, and the liquor explodes through, and you're like, oh, they, oh now I just peed myself, too. They took that game, they used a lot of the scares in that game to good effect, too, because a lot of stuff that didn't happen the first time you played through the game happened the second time. Like, uh, in the one room with the skylight where the liquor bursts through it. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, great, I knew that was coming for about the past seven hours. <laughs> it's nice to be finally vindicated. I think my definitive scary moment in a video game is uh, the first Resident Evil. That came out when we were like 15 or so. Um, and I just got the PlayStation, and me and Andrew rented it from, uh, whatever, like the video store. Because we were really excited about this game, Resident Evil. And like the kid on my bus ride to school was talking about how there were zombie dogs. And he described that scene where Barry shoots the first zombie like three times in the chest to great detail. And to my imaginative mind, you know. Imaginative? A, yeah. Imaginative. No. Imaginative. <laughs> it's the same word, Joel. You just your low class pronunciation. Correctly. Yeah, that's exactly what it I'm is. I'm sorry, you fucking plebe. <laughs> anyway, the polygonal graphics were not exactly up to what my mind could summon forth, but it was still pretty scary, mostly due to the lack of an auto aim. Because <laughs> that game wasn't hard, but when you fire five acid rounds at a zombie thinking you're hitting it <laughs> and you're like it's unstoppable <laughs> well, it's I think not like, even turning around when I shoot it <laughs> well it's also like it's pretty unsettling so I mean I pulled the trigger more than once like just in freak out mode yeah well, it didn't hit jack you hear like the rustle of the zombie in the next room or what's supposed to be the you know you, you turn the camera angle and it's like Wah! and you're like oh sh- crap there goes all my magnum rounds <laughs> Even in, as late as Code Veronica, and I mean, that's what, like, three Resident Evil games later? Uh, I'm still, like, it's more hanging out in the save room because the music is soothing. Yeah. I know right. there are no zombies. All right, Joel, gotta find your center, keep it cool, nice and I was loose. just waiting. Like, if Resident Evil really wanted to scare me, 
they would have thrown a zombie into one of the typewriter rooms. <laughs> like, that would have boned... Like, I would have never felt safe again. Mm-hmm. I probably would have just, you know, had to catheterize myself while playing the game just to <clears throat> save the couch. I really hope that's, like, a big scare coming up. Like, Resident Evil 7, there's going to be a dog, like, under the bed in the save room. <laughs> it's like... The ultimate oh, be- snap! The ultimate betrayal of trust on the part of Capcom. But, uh... <clears throat> the actual scare that really got me and Andrew and, like, made us turn off the game was the whole game up to, whatever, maybe three-quarters of the way through, you're fighting stuff like uh, zombies and the zombie dogs. dogs and, and crows. And, yeah. Like, <clears throat> basically, if it moves fast, one bullet knocks it over. So, once you kind of get a grip on the system... You're more afraid of the lack of an auto-aim, first off, than you are of, like, the zombies, even if there's three of them. Uh, once you get a grip on everything, you're all set, and you're like, all right, I dominated this game. And first off, you know, you play through the first couple hours thinking you got to get four crests for these doors, and then you're out of the mansion, and you win. But such is not the case, and there's a whole wide world past that mansion. And finally, you come back from exploring the sewers and the catacombs and stuff like that, and you're coming back to the mansion, you're ready to... Rock and roll. And just as you enter the mansion, there's this cutscene where these scaly reptilian hands are like, it's a first person view, and these hands are bobbing around while this shit is jumping up elevator shafts <laughs> and, you know, cu- cu- swimming through pools. And I was like, whatever that is, I do not want to be around it. <laughs> and we're like, me and Andrew are like holding each other in the dark and softly <laughs> sobbing. It's not a gay thing. <laughs> It was about comfort. We were young and afraid. Yeah. And I'm not even Andrew. But I sympathize. You know, the door opens and this little froggy thing walks through. And and it's funny because your character kind of like shrugs. It's like, oh, what's up, frog? (laughs) And then you're like, oh, that doesn't look so bad. And before you get the shotgun off, it jumps and decapitates you. It's like, crap, I haven't saved in like an hour and a half. Uh, That was before... You learned to, you know, save at every opportunity. I at least on the don't. first run through. No way. I'm convinced that I'm going to get an S rank every time I play a Resident Evil for the first time. I'm like, no saving. No, I can't. I'm going to get maximum rank this time. And Andrew's like, are you sure, man? Because you haven't saved in like four and a half hours. I'm like, I'm good. Don't this worry is, about it. This is why Dave And then said. the poison hunters come out. Dave's heart has suffered greatly. At the hands of the adrenaline rush he gets from having never saved and dying and then getting ultra pissed off about it. <laughs> and getting angry at the game, like totally projecting. Yeah. Oh, man. I, there, there's no way you can profane yourself like you can at a video game. Especially, well, maybe it's just me, but video games make me mad. Back in the day... I used to have a wall in my house that we nicknamed the throwing wall. Because <laughs> whenever we were playing games and I screwed up, I'd throw a chair at it. <laughs> it had many dents to prove it. Yeah, and uh, in one unfortunate situation, our friend Sambo was sitting on the couch underneath the wall and was almost decapitated by the very chair that Joel was sitting in right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sturdy chair. But I, and Sambo was a That was R-Type Delta on hard mode. And those sperm were coming out of everywhere. <laughs> And I was at 96% dose. It was like a terrible, terrible, terrible porn movie. <laughs> terrible. The sperm were coming out everywhere. The sperm was everywhere. Okay. Under, so those are scary video under games. Under the couch. But what about the video games that really get deep down into your core and mess with your psyche? 
Really, you got like the Resident Evils on one side and the Silent Hills and Fatal Frames on the other. Well, you got the Silent Hill on the other, and the Fatal Frame occupies its middle ground. Like, it kind of some weird third area. It doesn't really know what it's doing. It's like, it's doing its best, and you got to respect like, it. Like, Resident that. Evil and Silent Hill know they're different, and they're, they're still talking to each other. They're like chums at the party. And, you know, Fatal Frame walks up and is like, hey, guys, what's going on? And then they're Silent like, Hill and Resident Evil are like, who? Okay. Oh, how's it going, Barry? Yeah. Haven't seen you in a while. Uh, Did you get that rash cleared up? <laughs> anyway, what, I'm going to go check out the chips. Hey, what's what's going on? Uh, I, I got to go, man. It's it's good catching up, though. We should definitely hang out. No. Cameras. But, yeah. Fatal Frame isn't all bad. It's just... You know, everybody had their little Me Too phase after Resident Evil came out and Tecmo jumped on with Fatal Frame. Well, Fatal Frame was a pretty unique concept. I don't know if it was ever... It wasn't really as scary. It's, it's, it's not scary because, first off, the, the concept of shooting ghosts with a camera to kill them is so ludicrous that, like, how could you ever be afraid by that? Yeah. But, and also, if cameras are your only weakness, I think we're all safe. I've yeah. got, like, three. <laughs> I'm pretty sure most people could scrounge up a camera if necessary. And with those, like, digital cameras that do, like, the, uh, the series shots, you could just, like, kuchu, 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 kuchu. <laughs> That's what I'd they Take call out ghosts combo. left and right. Yeah, Fatal Frame was more about upgrading your camera and getting, like, the fr- flash nuke dodge blast <laughs> combination. 99,000 ghost points, which you use to upgrade your camera even further. But uh, I will say to its credit that Fatal Frame 2 had, like, the best ending ever. What, you know, for a kind of mediocre game that was weird and maybe about lesbian incest... <laughs> Maybe. Those those sisters were awfully close. There was a lot say. of like hugging and odd hand placement. Yeah. But the ending where they reveal to you what the crimson butterfly represents, and maybe it's just because I'm not that smart and I couldn't catch like the... I don't know. Maybe the metaphor was obvious, but the crimson butterfly is something. And when it, when it showed it to me, and then they went all the way, and uh, well, I'm going to spoil it for you. They killed the other sister. And I was like, damn, that is harsh. <laughs> that is some cold stuff, man. It. And the crimson butterfly is the strangulation marks around her neck. And I was like, messed up. Good game. <laughs> Good game. And then they released Fatal Frame 3, which was like, I don't know, The Grudge. But worse than The Grudge, which is difficult. Which is like Ju-On, the original Grudge. Well, <laughs> worse than Ju-On. <laughs> The best part about Just Ju-on like Siren is when <laughs> yeah, the best part about Juan is when the the girls hiding in the bed under the covers and the ghost like starts to show up and the covers start raising up and it looks like she's getting a giant boner. <laughs> yeah, I'd be creeped out, especially since I'm growing a wang. <laughs> oh man, what's happening to me? I feel different. I like how my the- voice is lowering. <laughs> I have hair in strange places. Suddenly, I have self-respect. Oh, damn. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to get trouble for that one. Wah, wah, wah. No, but the I like how the, the idea of Japanese horror, like the pinnacle of their horror, is covering a little boy in talcum powder and having him go, Meow! <laughs> it's like, oh, crap, that baby is a cat! <laughs> it's a cat baby! You can't be both! My mind is blown. There's some sort of inner species thing going on <laughs> they here. They have such a structured way of thinking. That it's like, what's he well, no, and the other stupid thing is, like, anybody dies, 
it goes just to like a negative of them. Yeah, the white screen thing. I hate that where they like turn away and they're like, ah. By far the worst like Japanese horror movie I've ever seen though is called Infection. Yeah, it is laughably bad. First of all, because like it's got all these like weird references. I'm pretty sure that it, it demonstrates very thoroughly that there is a cultural gap between what Americans and Japanese people find frightening. Because like they're just super stuff, and like this. Someone's head explodes, and there's, like, a fart sound. <laughs> and I'm like, not scary. Hilarious. <laughs> well, there's a lot of things you could add a fart sound to and make them funny. But anyway, on to Silent like Hill. Like bedroom affairs. On to Silent Hill. <laughs> Silent Hill is uh, what can be considered, I don't know, the best scary games ever made. And if you disagree, you're a jerk. Also stupid. Stupid jerk. And I'll pile drive you into a Stupid wall. Stupid jerk head no one likes. That's right. I'll like change gravity so the wall is on the floor. <laughs> pile I'll pile drive you into it. That's right. Okay. Sound Hill 1. Totally awesome. Totally scary. Good puzzles. Yeah. Wait. Great puzzles. <laughs> I guess. What puzzles are we talking about? The one with like the leg, like the limbs of the animals. I thought that was clever because it didn't give you any hints. It was just like, here's some pictures. Yeah. Figure it out. And then you figured it out and we were like, what for? And you're like, it's a horse. <laughs> How got, many legs does the horse it's have, got Dave? four legs, you idiot. And I'm like... I'm Wait, a... which one's the horse? And I pull out, like, the C and speak and, like, yeah. point it to the horse. And it goes... Horse <laughs> says... Eh. And then Dave's like, yay, horsey! Four. <laughs> oh, but... Okay, so really, when you talk about Silent Hill, you've got Silent Hill 1, which is, like, uh, all out, in your face... Scare the crap out of you. Kind Something's of s- wrong with this radio. Yeah, radio? What's going on with that radio? Uh, silent, uh... Back thing! That's what's going on with that radio! <laughs> it's coming into the diner! He's all up in your diner, poking your head with its feet. Yeah. He was. Not funny. <laughs> Shut up, Joel. <laughs> That's our joke. <laughs> it's all, it's it's all, all in, up in your ex doing your Y. It's all up in your diner, disappearing your customers. Wait, what happened to the customers? Exactly. Oh. We don't know. Yeah, so Silent Hill 1's kind of like turning to ash. In your face. That is not in the game. I know, Scabs, Scabs got me on that. Wah, wah, wah. For a long time, Scabs was convinced that ash Silent Hill... For alternate Silent Hill. Well, he was convinced that ash... It's an acronym, and I just figured out what acronym meant. Silent Hill, that the alternate Silent Hill where things change when things go really, really bad was called Ash. But in fact, he had read that in a walkthrough, and Ash stood for Alternate Silent Hill. But he built up the illusion so much in his head that he was like recalling snippets of dialogue where they. It's like the Manchurian the Candidate to this day. Like he has like weird like yeah twitches flashbacks. when you mention that. Like, like there's something happening deep within his brain. Sure. They can't bring it around to grasp. The reality. hypnosis is fighting back. Like it's trying to reestablish its foothold. But yeah, Silent Hill Two, which is. Arguably the better of the two games. The well, the best. There are in the four franchise. games, but okay, there are four games. The first two are great. The second's okay. The third, Ma- the third is yeah. The third is okay, mainly for its main character, who's pretty cool. And the fourth is just abysmal. Dude, we are totally posting that picture of the um, secret lovers. Yeah. <laughs> Forbidden lovers. Yes, this that the the picture that it will appear in the show notes, which I will actually do for the show now that I've mentioned them. Uh, <laughs> it's the we'll explain everything you need to know about why Silent Hill Four is terrible. Not even you don't even have to play the game. The sheer fact that someone could take 
the subject matter of the game and produce something as lame as this picture. <laughs> it's the the game's protagonists and antagonists juxtaposed in a rather strange way. Yes. But, okay, so Silent Hill 2 is more like Twin Peaks. It's a kind of soft, cerebral horror. And, you know, you know from the game's story that it's going to be a messed up ride. Because the guy gets a letter from his wife that says, Hey, remember that place we used to go to in Silent Hill? Where I'm going to meet you there. He says, That's weird. My wife has been dead for three years. (laughs) Go from there. (laughs) Soft cerebral horror? There's still weird skin monsters spitting acid at you. Yeah, but it's... You don't get that, like, chunga, 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 chung, like yeah. the, the 58 monsters are chasing me down the chain link walkway covered in blood <laughs> that uh, Silent Hill 1 really exemplifies. Yeah. And people player hate on Silent Hill 1 for its lack of story, but then I would point at them to Rule of Rose. <laughs> Silent, Hill, <clears throat> Silent Hill 1 has kind of an open ended story, it requires you to make a lot of leaps of faith. And kind of put the pieces together of... You have to work for it. Not necessarily in a bad way, but not necessarily... You in definitely a have way to either. want it yeah. to figure have, it out. You have to want to enjoy the Silent Hill story. It's not something that's going to go out of its way. Like For everyone you, else, you're just going to finish the game and be like, Well, what the hell did that mean? Yeah. If you can play Silent Hill and enjoy the story, you know, so much the better. But uh, you can also that's play not and just really be what Konami cares about. You can be Silent Hill. Definitely, you'll you'll be scared the entire time. Not only because of the soundtrack, but just because of the unsettling nature of everything that's going on. And I think not revealing the story is part of that. Yeah, because well, you're, you're you unsure the entire time, and even in the end, you're still left sort of wondering what just happened. What did that ending mean? And in fact, uh, this isn't really too much of a spoiler, but one of the <clears throat> the worst ending. I'm you- calling Statute of Limitations on Silent Hill One. Yeah, that came out when I was in high school, about- sophomore year of high school. <laughs> yeah, it's, so it's, it's seven like years, years old at this point. Eight years old. Um, <clears throat> the worst ending you could get in the game was the main character Harry crashed in a jeep on the side of the road. Well, dead in his crashed jeep on the side of the road, which suggests that you know it was all in his head. That it was kind of. Uh, Weird his hallucination last hallucinations as he was before dying, which is uh, as our roommate Alex suggested, a rather, well, our roommate, my roommate Alex, made it quite clear that we were required to mention Jacob's Ladder in uh, this film podcast. This podcast. Film. This is being filmed. Where's the camera? <laughs> okay, so Jacob's Ladder. You lied a, to me, Riley. Jacob's Ladder is a film starring Tim Robbins. If you don't want to, the. Ending spoil turned off right now, but you should have been able to guess that he was dead in that movie, too. And the whole movie took place in his mind. And Silent Hill draws quite a bit of inspiration, both stylistically and uh, story-wise, from Jacob's Ladder. And it's a good movie, and Silent Hill's a good game. But, uh, I don't know. I don't think the people today, they'll play games like Silent Hill. Simply because the graphics are not too hot. Silent Hill was basically the first 3D survival horror game ever made, and it shows... Yeah. And uh, the controls are unkind to the novice. You know, they call them the tank controls. You got to stop and then 
hold left to turn around. <laughs> and then when you're fully turned, you push forward and you go again. Like none of this, you know, 3D reactive movement. Two joysticks. What is that about? Yeah, that's ridiculous. And so is this podcast. We got to end it right now. Tune in on Saturday when we talk about... Kaku Rembo. Yes. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs>